Hey guys, it's Melissa here from Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so excited today for today's episode. I have with us a guest, Miss Catherine Ewing, who is a spiritually focused women's transformational life coach. She is a TEDx speaker and she's helping women all over the world heal their trauma and step into their purpose fully. I cannot wait to jump in and see how her journey has brought her to where she is today and how she's doing what she does. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. If you're new, we really wanna welcome you today. If you're returning, welcome back. So Catherine, welcome today. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, my pleasure, Melissa. You know, it's so funny. After all these years, still hearing that introduction, it just expands my heart. It just like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it should. It should. You're doing so many great things yeah. for people. I love that you're doing that. Yeah. So just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how your journey led you to helping women heal from past trauma. Because you have so many titles under your belt. How do you help women <laughs> heal from trauma and step fully into their purpose in life? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of crazy. It's like alphabet soup. Sometimes it's embarrassing when people read the whole bio and it's like, oh, stop already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's an interesting story how spirit works because I, um, I'll start with the fact that I've been a psychotherapist in private practice for like 27 years now. And I never set out with the intention to be a psychotherapist. I got my master's in social work in my early 20s. And back then I thought therapy, you know, I, I one too many Woody Allen movies or whatever, but I thought, thought psychotherapy was for sort of wealthy, self-involved uh, people to sit around and perseverate about themselves, right? <laughs> like, I didn't fully understand. Um, and I never wanted to be a, a clinical, a social worker or a therapist. So my initial training as a social worker was in um, community organizing and group work with an emphasis on women's studies. And when I was an undergraduate, I had a sociology and psychology major, but also the first time they offered a minor in women's studies was the year, the years that I was there. So from the time really in my late teens and early 20s when I was in college, I was already focused on women's issues, you know, women's transformation, supporting women, empowering women. And it's just taken lots of different forms, you know, over the years. I mean, I'm, as you can see, I'm gray hair, so I've been at this for a little while. Uh, I'd love to say it was really premature, but it's not. <laughs> so, um, my early work as you know sort of in the field of social work was doing women's reproductive rights domestic violence work uh, sexual assault counseling and eventually child abuse and neglect specializing as a protective service worker in child sexual abuse so you know my work in the field was very 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 grassroots and really working with a lot of trauma and a lot of you know sort of crisis work and when I was on maternity leave with my daughter, who's the youngest of my three children, um, I started hearing this voice in my head about going into therapy. And I was like, no, like putting on the brakes, like imagine me digging my heels in, right? Uh -huh. um, but it wasn't going away. And so, you know, by that time I had been sort of on a bit of a spiritual path. And I said, okay, if this is, if this is, what I'm hearing, let me explore this. So I connected with uh, a woman who I had done some joint training with, when, with uh, when I was doing child protective service work. We did a lot of training. She came. She was a, psycholo a psychologist who worked with a doctor, and they did a lot of the um, interviews and medical examinations for children where there was, um, you know, an allegation of sexual abuse. And she and I had done a lot of joint trainings with police officers and uh, prosecutors and other people in the in the fields that would intersect with this issue. So I, you know, got in touch with her, and it was ten years later. I was like, "Do you do you remember me?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, 
yeah, so we talked and as a matter of fact, she was in private practice with another psychologist at that point and they were looking to expand their practice. So I joined their practice in 1994 and worked with them for 10 or 11 years. But very soon after I started working there, I felt like I was beating my head against the wall. I felt I was seeing a lot of people with trauma and I didn't feel like I had the skills or the tools to really support them. But interestingly enough, I didn't get drawn to traditional clinical social work skills. I got drawn into energy work and spirituality and metaphysics. And so that became my path. And I became trained in, you know, six or seven or eight different energy healing modalities. I actually was drawn into a very alternative seminary program. So I went through a two-year seminary of spiritual peacemaking. And, you know, I was just growing by leaps and bounds and you know, very happy to bring a different perspective to my clients. But I still struggled because a lot of that was very spiritual or energy focused. And when people come to therapy, they want to talk, <laughs> right? They want to talk. They don't want me just putting hands on them. And I also had a license as a social worker. I couldn't really be touching people, right? Ethically, there were, you know, things that I had to be very careful of. But I eventually... Uh, came across EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, which is tapping. Yes. In 2006, you know, a flyer landed on my desk. I said, this sounds interesting. And off to New York, I went for a weekend to study with Dr. Henry Grayson. And it was like, oh, like the angelic choir started because it was the perfect blend of people being able to talk, right, and say and then using the energy body and the acupuncture points and the meridians, you can see as I'm like tapping on myself here, I can't help it. as I talk about EFT, I start tapping on myself um, as a perfect way to help them move the stuck energy of their old trauma out of their systems because it's all held in the body while tapping, which helps to keep the amygdala or the, you know, that survival mind calm down and so honestly I don't think I would have lasted as a therapist had I not found EFT it was like a lifesaver to me it always gave me a place to go with clients um, when they were overwhelmed or when there was sort of no more talking like we had talked about it right but now we needed to go deeper and so that, that was really the transition for me um, to be able to stay in the field of, you know, clinical social work, but with a very different way of working with my clients. And, you know, since then it's even grown. I bring in lots of things that I've learned through lots of my energy healing. I bring in my tinctures for sound healing. I bring in the essential oils. I have my crystals in my office. Like, you know, it's the full blown experience of alternative modalities. Um, and I feel really, really fortunate to be able to have done that with so many, really thousands of clients over the years, but also to be able to teach other mental health professionals how to do it. I do that through a couple of different universities, through their schools of social work, and there's, um, I do it online and also an organization here in Connecticut called the Women's um, Consortium, and they're a trauma training center. And so I get to teach other mental health professionals, whether they be nurses or social workers or you know licensed professional counselors, whatever, psychologists, um, this technique, this modality that I have found to be just really life transforming my own life and the lives of my clients and through the years have been able to see the impact of it even in uh, more critical situations. I was a volunteer for two years here in Connecticut in Sandy Hook after the school shootings here. Oh, wow, yeah. And we used EFT as the primary modality in, in that group of people that I was working with along with the Ortners with the Tapping Solution Foundation and Lori Layden from Create Global Healing. 
um, who had used EFT with the survivors of uh, genocide in Rwanda. So really, you know, pretty incredible group of people. And to be able to bring that to, you know, people whose grief was so deep, not just the families, the extended families, the school bus drivers, the crossing, like, you know, you name it, anybody, everybody in that town, you know, who was impacted by that. So that's, you know, that's sort of a little bit of my, um, you know, professional journey. And then along the way, I've also sort of grown a small coaching practice where I, you know, work doing a lot of the same kinds of things, but with the coaching, I can expand my reach. You know, I don't have to be licensed in the places, you know, where I coach women, as you said, from all over the world. And I do occasional retreats. It's that that aspect has slowed down because of COVID, but I love to bring groups of women together, whether it's for retreat or just spiritual circles. I'm, I'm also very um, drawn, I have been drawn to um, working with balancing the divine feminine energy on the planet. Um, many years ago, back in 2008, in a meditation, we were guided to invite our guides in uh, to give us a message. And to, lo and behold, to my surprise, Yeshua, which is my how I refer to Jesus, and Mary Magdalene showed up fully. I was like, oh! <laughs> And, and gave me a beautiful message about my mission to create heaven on earth through the healing of the feminine and the balance of this masculine and feminine energy. And I, I remember people broke for lunch and I just sat there and sobbed for the longest time afterwards. It was such a beautiful and powerful experience. Of course, I didn't know how to do that. Nobody teaches us how to create heaven on earth. <laughs> balance the masculine and energy, you know, feminine energy. But, you know, they, they said they would guide me, you know, they would sort of give me the words and show me where to put my feet. And it's, it's really been quite a, you know, a faith walk um, since then, you know, a faith walk that's include, included stepping out of a 30 year marriage that I felt was no longer in alignment and leaving my three children and my 2,500 square foot home and my two dogs and my, you know, financial security at 53 and saying, I, I just don't feel like I can be the truth of who I am in this relationship any longer. Not that he was a bad person or it was bad in any typical sense of the word. The only way I can describe it is that we were just no longer a vibrational match for each other. And in order for me to grow in whatever ways that was meant for me, I needed to be out of that relationship. And so, um, and it was interesting. There have been two major, major sort of transitions slash losses in my life. One was at 22 when my mother passed on my last day of college classes. Oh, wow. Um, so I have, I have that history of mother loss. So I work with women around mother loss, relationships with their moms also. And then I lost my dad eight years later. So by 30, I was an orphan, pretty, you know. Um, and then that was 22 when my mom passed. And then it was 52 when I stepped out of my marriage because I got married two months after my mother died. So 30 year span, two major times in my life where everything that I knew got turned upside down and inside out. So the other thing that I love to do is to support women through midlife transition, because I know what it's like to walk away from your job, your home, your children, your financial security, um, pretty much life as you've known it, and go through menopause at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a lot. That is a lot. You know, there were there were moments that I didn't know. It was a very fine line between spirit. Oh, and, and having a spiritual awakening. Right. So spiritual awakening or complete total mental and emotional breakdown. Like yeah, given day I could have been on either side of that very fine. Is line. it a spiritual awakening or am I going crazy? That's yeah, yeah. and it was both. 
Right. It was both. Yeah. And that's so much to unpack in your journey. <laughs> what a an amazing journey that is. And I love that you're doing this for people and that you brought so many elements of the spiritual part to the traditional counseling and therapy that we think of, because I think that's so important. There's elaborate on that. If you would a little bit, what's the difference you saw when you were practicing your counseling and therapy, the old way, the traditional way, Versus when you started bringing in all of the EFT and the spirituality stuff into your practice. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the most important thing to say is that it wasn't, it was, it was the modalities, it was, but it was my own inner work because in that process, of course, I committed to you know, med meditation practice, yoga practice. I went through seminary. I, I got trained in seven or eight different energy healing modalities. So I was walking my talk. It wasn't like, oh, here's this cool thing, yeah. right? So I was going through the major transformation. I went through turning my life upside down and inside out. So on one level, I felt like I was walking the talk. And so... Not that the details would always be exactly the same, but pretty much I wasn't asking my clients to do anything that I hadn't done to some level on myself, whether it was to heal early, you know, childhood trauma, rape, um, loss of parents, right? Um, making a decision to terminate a pregnancy. Like there's so many things along the way. And I, I just felt as though, for me, in order to be in integrity and to have credibility, I felt like I brought all of that with me. So, and then the other piece, you know, as I said, the EFT allowed me to go to a depth with my clients that traditional talk therapy just and especially, now remember, I'm talking 27 years ago, right? right. There's been a lot of changes in therapy. And I, I do not want to discount therapy or sound like I'm, you know, faulting therapy. Because there's been so much good work and new things, you know, coming through. But 27 years ago, not so much. Plus my own lack of real training. Yeah. So the mind only knows what the mind only knows. So... If people have experienced trauma, that trauma may not even be in their conscious awareness, right? When we think of, you know, I, I, I often use the image of an iceberg, the little tiny bit, three to 5% of what sticks up above the water is really, that's how much of our conscious mind we use, right? everything else is below the surface. And as we all know, it's not that little cap that's pulling that iceberg around, right? <laughs> it's that huge mass underneath. And the same is true with what, with our programming and our patterning and what's held in our subconscious. That's what's really driving us. That's what's causing our reactivity. That's what's causing us to get triggered by day-to-day -day events where we kind of go, what just happened there? Like, why did I get so upset about that? Or why did I just feel like I was like seven years old again, right? Yeah. That's when those unhealed wounds in our energy body get triggered by something in the outer world. And then we get triggered and we're in reactivity. Um, so with EFT, being able to start with a present moment experience you know, I had a fight with somebody or my boyfriend didn't answer my text and I, I just like kind of flipped out. We can start tapping what, what's in the present moment and then it allows the energy to move and it opens up other experiences that have had a similar energetic frequency, right? Because energy is just emotion, energy in motion, emotion. And when they're stuck and suppressed and not moving, that's what's 
causing, right, the imbalance, whether it's a mental imbalance or an emotional imbalance or even a physical dis-ease that starts to set into the body. But when we bring it into awareness and then start tapping on it, as we're tapping, we're turning down the dial on that amygdala, on the part of our survival brain that's always searching, right, for what's What's dangerous? What's threatening to me? What, when's the next shoe going to drop? What do I have to watch out for? When we can turn down the dial on that and then move the energy through the tapping, the acupuncture without needles, right, with our fingers, it allows us to literally tap into older experiences that have had a similar energetic frequency that now we can bring into our conscious awareness without it being completely overwhelming to our limbic system, like it was when we were a child. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And I love tapping. I do it with my clients as well. And I, I've done it for myself as well. And I think the thing that people don't understand because it just looks like you're just tapping and you're saying things. But I know from my own personal experience, when I was tapping for um, like trauma from childhood, as you're saying it, as you said before, your unconscious mind doesn't really realize what was the trigger. And then all of a sudden you say one phrase and for me, like the floodgates yeah. open up and like I'm bawling. I'm mm -hmm. like, this, this is it. This is what I was feeling. Um, which I think is so important because in order to heal something, you have to know what it is you're feeling and you have to process it. And I think that EFT is such a great way to do that because like you said, it's very like non-threatening and you don't realize as you're moving through things, what it's going to break open for you. But for me, it was a huge yeah. aha and moment. People, <laughs> they just feel calmer or they feel more relaxed. They're like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Um, and then other times you can have this aha moment. And, you know, I was actually talking to a client about this this morning because she, she was just saying that she has been feeling really off for the last few days. And she was sort of trying to starting to get irritated with herself. And then she started to tap and she remembered she, her mom was murdered when she was less than a year old. Wow. Yeah. In the household where she was upstairs sleeping, she and her two-year-old sister. So who knows what's stored in her cellular memory, but her mom's birthday is coming up this week and her own birthday is coming up next week. And she started tapping and she just realized that that's what, what was bubbling up under the surface. And I, you know, I, I shared an experience with her, you know, from a couple of years back with me, I, I had a brother who passed, I can't believe it's been seven years now, but one day I woke up and I was so out of sorts. This was a few years ago. And I just started tapping on, even though I feel so out of sorts today and I don't even know why, like you don't have to know anything. I just right. know I feel out of sorts and I just wanna move this energy. And as I was tapping and the tears came, then it was like, oh my gosh, it's Ed's birthday. Like I hadn't been consciously aware of the date, but my subconscious knew yeah. and something was causing my system to feel out of alignment, right? That's the somatic experience. We feel it in our body. It's held in our body. And so it needs to be discharged from the body, right? In order for that healing to, to like go full circle. It's like when we... <gasps> when we take that inhale and then it gets frozen and then we sort of keep talking and then we go on and that experience gets stuck in our energy body. I call it, you know, like a trauma capsule, like a time capsule, but it's all the memories of that trauma, what you could smell, what you could see, what you could hear, what it felt like, literally all get stuck someplace in your body. And then you've got them all over, you know, I, I sometimes use the, the um, description of imagine your energy field, your aura, like a dartboard. 
<laughs> and you have all of these unhealed wounds all over your dartboard of your life. Some might be a little tiny pinprick, others might be a gaping wound. And so as you walk through life, people, you know, inadvertently or sometimes intentionally, things get flung at you that activate one of those or more than one of those wounds that are on, you know, in your energetic field. Um, and that's when we, we don't even know sometimes what the heck just happened. Why do I feel out of sorts? Why are the tears coming? Often because we something has been triggered or activated that we're not even consciously aware of. Yeah. I think that that is probably one of the hardest things about healing is because we don't really always understand what we need to heal from. We kind of have an idea, but I love that you work with women to help them really get to the bottom and get to the root of what's causing it because that's so important if you want to be able to move forward and, and feel at peace, I think, with yourself. Yeah. And the other thing, I, I agree with you, and the other thing I want to say, though, in case you have um, people listening who have had a lot of childhood trauma and they're thinking, oh, Jesus, do I have to, do I have to go after everyone? And the answer is no, you don't. There's something called borrowing benefits. When you're tapping on one thing, you're actually healing all of the other things that had similar vibrational frequencies, right? You don't have to make a list of 500 things and then tap through each of them. Although you could make a list, it's called the personal peace procedure, and you could start to tap through things, but then anything that has sort of similar frequencies starts to collapse. It's kind of like a house of cards. So you don't have to bring up every traumatic incident. You don't have to bring up every time somebody called you a name or didn't invite you to a birthday party or, you know, all of those things. They no, there will... are people out there going, Phew. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, because if you just get the main umbrella, like anytime I felt rejected or anytime I felt made fun of, that encompasses a lot of different experiences in your life. Right. And so all of those things, that makes sense that, you know, you don't yeah. have to do it for each one. Yeah. I had a big experience with around betrayal actually by a group of women. And interestingly enough, you know, I realized, you know, I could, I could point my finger at them and say they betrayed me, but ultimately they're shining a mirror on what I'm still needing to heal. And I, you know, I started tapping on their betrayal of me. When have I betrayed myself? When have I betrayed someone else? Right. And all of these um, experiences of different kinds of betrayal started to come into my conscious awareness. And even, even to the point of my, the early death of my parents, there was some way in which I felt had felt betrayed by them for leaving me at such a young age. My mom, just before I got married, my dad, just before I had my first child. Right. And I would never have identified it as betrayal in my own mind, but somewhere in my psyche, it took on some of that energy of betrayal. Well, I just got chills when you talked about betrayal because we've all had people who, you know, have in some way disappointed us. But when you just said, when did I, how did I betray myself? When have I done that? That's when I got chills because you're right. A lot of things are a reflection of yourself. And there are so many times when we do things and say we'll do things when it's a betrayal of ourselves because it's not something we wanted to do or we act in a way we didn't really want to act because someone else wanted us to. And we betray our own values and, and core belief system. And so I think probably everybody has experienced that at some point in their life. Yeah, yeah. I was getting goosebumps as you were saying that. The, be the betrayal thing is really deep. It can cut so many different ways. And I had a different take on it. In fact, I may have just posted this today or yesterday. I can't remember because it was on my calendar for my social media. And it had to do with using your intuition or asking for guidance. And it just says, 
if you ask for and receive guidance and then don't act on it or dismiss it, that's an act of um, distrust of yourself. Like you're not trusting, and it's it's like a betrayal. I'm gonna yeah. ask for this information, I'm gonna hear it, and then I'm gonna go, ah, that sounds too easy, or that sounds, you know, whatever, we dismiss it. Over time, we're really betraying ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is such a great point. And everybody does that. I know even the people who are the most intuitive will come to me and say, like, well, I didn't listen to my intuition because I know yeah. I've been guilty of that myself. You know, and you think, should I do this? No. OK, well, I'll do it anyway. Or vice versa. And you think, why did I not listen to that intuition? But yeah, we do that all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's an act of, of a lack of trust of ourselves. Um, yeah, that is such an interesting thing to point out because I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. They just simply see it as some people say, I can't hear my own intuition or I don't get my own intuition to which I say you do. You're just not tuned in enough to it. But um, I think that's very interesting. Now, when you work with women and you help to coach them to heal the trauma, to step into their purpose. Is that something you work with them on is, is really leaning into their intuition? Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself an intuitive. I mean, although like when I'm tapping, it is totally intuitive. It just goes, the words just come out of my mouth. (laughs) But I'm not like, Oh, here comes Archangel Gabriel. And he's got this message. So, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, I do like a section on intuition, although we, I, we do talk about learning to trust yourself again, because for me, having worked in the areas of sexual abuse, you know, across the age continuum, um, and then, you know, rape and sexual violence against women, one of the most insidious side effects of all of it, especially when you're, if it happens during childhood, is that you learn to turn down the dial on your own intuition because people are telling you, especially if you try to disclose and and you're not believed, that never could have happened. You couldn't, you must be making that up. He would never have done that to you or she wouldn't, you know, whatever. Don't ever say that about your you know aunt or your uncle or your grandfather or whatever um and even the perpetrator may say you're going to like this or this is going to feel good while the child is terrified and terrorized and so they get all of these mixed messages about what they should or shouldn't be feeling or experiencing and it doesn't fit with what's happening in their body or they actually enjoyed some encounter because of course it's physically pleasurable on some, and then the guilt and the shame, right? So they turn down the dial on listening to their own intuition. So, you know, we talk about it in that way. Um, The shame, the guilt, the, you know, all of that. the betrayal of the adults in your life who didn't listen to you when you were trying to come forward with this and um, giving yourself permission to start to feel your body again. You know, they've gotten so numbed or turned off any feeling. So it often comes up in that context. That makes a lot of sense that someone who is trying to avoid feeling the feelings going on would be very much disconnected from their intuition. So that does make sense. And um, I think it's great that you work with people to help them get back in tune with that again, because I think they have to feel safe. And that's probably one of the biggest issues is, yeah. Yeah, the safety. And, you know, dissociation is a real thing. Absolutely. When a child, or even an adult, but you know, the, the childhood 
the adverse childhood experiences are just so, um, it's not the word influential, but you know, just so powerful in, in influencing a child's development that I tend to go there. But you know, we've we've heard I hear some stories about how they in order to survive, their mind literally went away while their physical body was being abused in some way. Um, and so it's a learned behavior when it gets, you know, when the dial gets turned up, when the discomfort becomes gets to a certain point, they click off and go away. So it's a survival mechanism. So later in life, even if they're in a safe environment, maybe with a loving partner, they may reach a certain point or something and off they go. They're not even present because they've learned that this, this vibration, this frequency, this feeling is where I need to check out. Right. And it's not always just around, you know, sexual intimacy either. I mean, it can be a conversation that gets heated. It can be anything that starts to turn the dial up on that amygdala, right? On that survival instinct. And when it starts to get too hot, boop, off they go. So if you've learned dissociation as a survival mechanism, you're not going to be really fully present. You're not going to be tuned in to your intuition. You're going to be checked out around how does my body feel? What are my emotions saying to me? Do I even have feelings or emotions? Yeah, I totally understand that because whenever my children were less than a year old, I was in a very toxic marriage, abusive marriage. And one of the things that my family said about me was like, you were like a zombie. <laughs> you were like, you were there, but you're not really there. Like you were physically present, but your mind was somewhere else. And I totally feel like, and I talk about this in my book that I felt like I disassociated because if I didn't feel anything, then it didn't hurt whenever he said the bad things or, you know, mm -hmm. called me games or hit or whatever. So I totally understand why people disassociate. Yeah. And it's not like it's a conscious choice. No, it is totally a survival mechanism for it's sure. A survival mechanism. Yeah. Right? The mind disconnects. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest extreme, and I, it's funny that we would be talking about this right now because I have a client who was diagnosed many, many years ago with what was then called multiple personality disorder. Now it's called dissociative identity disorder. And she's close to my age and she has managed this for a long time, but all of a sudden she's getting triggered uh, to have memories of some things that happened. And she's like, why the hell is this happening now? And, you know, because I feel like this is my personal um, understanding of the time we're in right now, this ascension process, that whatever is no longer serving us, whatever has been unhealed, whatever has been sitting in the septic tank of our emotional body, <laughs> we got to poke that stuff out, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I've been seeing this, especially since COVID, it's really been ramped up that more and more people are being invited by spirit to address these long-standing unhealed emotional wounds to be able to drop out of their heads into their hearts and do the healing with compassion and understanding and acceptance of the younger parts of themselves that didn't have the resources, didn't have the support, didn't have the ability 30, 40, 50 years ago um, to do this work. It's, it's so powerful to me. There was something else I wanted to say about the woman with the dissociative identity disorder, because it was such so powerful, something we touched on that just went, oh, 
well, you know, kind of blew wide open. And I don't remember it in this moment. It's probably not that important, but it was just this moment of, oh, now this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I truly believe that we're living in a time right now where a lot of things are coming to the surface for us to get rid of it. So we're not taking it with us into this next phase of our lives. And I'm seeing that a lot too, even with my own self, like a lot of things coming up right now to be healed and purged and to yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said this before, but, you know, I've been on a, you know, committed, intentional, spiritual path for almost 30 years now. So it's been a while. And even back then, you know, there weren't podcasts and there weren't so many blogs and things, but people had websites and there were still people bringing information forward. There were, you know, there were books. And I was blown away by a similar message that was coming from so many different avenues, whether it was a book or, you know, somebody's website or blog post or a channeled message or, you know, what, or, or I would get a message that I would scribe. And it all said, we're coming to a time when all of the systems that currently exist that have been built on greed and imbalance are going to have to fall apart so that we can create a new world. And I would be like, how the bleep is that going to happen? <laughs> like, how is the banking, housing, educational, religious, you know, how are all these systems going to collapse at the same time so that we can rebuild? Yeah. I think somewhere a few months into COVID, I went, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Here's the answer. <laughs> Yeah. And it is. Everything that we have known is completely falling apart. And I know it's awful and it's scary. And who wants to still be in this? But for me, trusting in what I have been shown and what I've read and what I've had channeled, you know, or the, the spiritual teachers that I have followed. I really believe that this is all happening for a greater and higher good. And we are going to come out the other side. You know, we've, we've come out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. You know, we're in, we're going into the fifth dimension, you know, being back to fifth dimension. <laughs> um, that there is light at the end of this tunnel. And I, I really, I really hope that your listeners hear that because I know that there are some people who are struggling immensely with different aspects of this whole period of time we've been in. And who knows how much longer we just talked about the kids going back to school. Like, what is that going to be like? My grandson's going to first grade this year. Kindergarten was not a great experience. Last no, year. I bet. Not online. Um, and, you know, boards of education or the governor had to be, you know, taken out of a meeting last night because it got so heated and parents who didn't want their kids to have to wear masks were screaming. And it's a challenging time. It is. Um, and I don't know how it's all, you know, who knows how it's all going to come together. But I really have to believe that there is a higher purpose to this. There's a higher guidance going on that we can't see how the pieces are eventually going to land and, and start to, you know, fall out. But yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know either. I don't have all the answers for that, but I just trust that um, things will get better and we just have to do our best to, you know, remain positive and, and try to get through it and you know look out for one another because we definitely need the support of all of our friends and our family if we can you know it's not a, an easy time but you're right it's going to get better i i definitely keep that in my Yay. space <laughs> i sometimes think you know and i used to make fun of this because i was raised catholic and my mother was very devout and you know i loved my mom dearly but you know, 
she just seemed so old-fashioned and quaint and she watched them tell it you know but you know here i am <laughs> you know sort of saying all right mom maybe you were onto something right yeah without some kind of faith whatever your faith is whatever without having something more to believe in than just what's going on on this earthly plane day to day i honestly don't know how people like yeah their minds manage to get through it yeah i agree i agree for sure i've always said that i've said that if i didn't have my spirituality some of the things that I've had to go to go through since 2019, like I wouldn't, I, I don't think I would still be here with sanity at mm. all. I would have had a complete breakdown. Yeah. So it has definitely been a lifesaver for me. Yeah. Well, this has been yeah. such a fun conversation. What a freewheeling conversation. I, know. All over the place. I love that though. Those are the best. Those are the best. So now if they, we have any listeners out there who perhaps want to follow you or would like to work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably the simplest thing to do is to just go to my website, which I will give you, and I know you're going to put it in the show notes. And there's a contact, you know, box in there that they can send me. But my, so my business is called Sacred Heart Alchemy because my belief is it's all about shifting what's in the heart, right? And and turning that trauma you know, into purpose um, through the Sacred Heart. So sacredheartalchemy.com is the website. And, um, you know, because I've, I'm in a little bit of a transition, there's still some of the therapy information on there. And then, so it, need, it needs an updating, but they can still get in touch with me through there. And then, you know, I have, um, well, I'm on Facebook under my, my name, but I also have a women's Facebook group <clears throat> called Divinely Inspired Feminine Leaders. And people are welcome to, you know, pop on over there and check it out or ask to join or whatever. I'd love to have, uh, you know, more, more and more women sort of in there supporting each other. Um, yeah, those are probably the best places. I'm sort of a newbie to Instagram. I never really bothered with it until I tried Clubhouse and then you sort of had to be on Instagram to do the whole Clubhouse. And I'm still feeling my way through that. But some I do have a club in Clubhouse. Uh, but I'll just give you the information about that. I haven't been doing a whole lot with it. I've been going on to some other people's rooms and moderating in there and having conversations, but I haven't done a lot on my own platform. Okay, awesome. We will have all of that information in the show notes so you can click directly there. So I always like to ask our guests to leave our listeners with some piece of advice, some words of wisdom to carry them through the day. Do you have any words of wisdom that you can share with us today? I'm drawn back to the conversation about intuition. Um, because the, the wiser I become, <laughs> uh, the more I realize how important it is to drop into our hearts and out of our heads. Our, heart, our heads will just keep running the same stories over and over and over again. There's no new information in our heads. It's just all the stuff that's been programmed into the brain like a computer that just loops through and make, keeps us in these looping thought patterns. Dropping into the heart, connecting with your higher consciousness is where new information, creativity, excitement, healing, all of that is possible through the heart. And it's also the way of the divine feminine, right? The masculine is more linear, it's more mental, it's structured, it's more, thought driven the feminine is more heart centered it's more intuitive it's more fluid and as we continue through this ascension process i think it's critical uh, for all of us but women will start this along with you know some awakened men but mostly women dropping into their hearts more and relying more on 
what feels right for them. Let, let the heart lead and then the head can take the action. But because we have it backwards, you know, we, we have the head making all the decisions. Let's let that bubble up from our heart and then the head can take the steps, um, the next steps that need to be done. I love that. I think that's amazing advice. And I wanna thank you so much for everything that you're doing to help women heal their trauma and step really fully into their power so that they can live their best lives. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here with us today. You're welcome. I'm gonna say if there are a few good men out there, I also do work with men. Um, but my really my focus is women. But if there are men in your audience who have resonated with anything I've said and are curious or interested, you know, I grew up with six brothers. I've had <laughs> I, I, I actually love the male energy and and I'm, I'm open to working with with uh, guys as well. But, you know, as I said, since I've been literally in my teens working around women and reproductive rights, I've always had um, this this um, inner drive and interest in working with women and healing, uh, you know, healing the divine feminine. So thank you so much, Melissa, for the opportunity. I really loved this call. We really got to go all over the place and I yeah. love like just seeing where it will lead rather than have it be real directed. Yeah, these are the best conversations, I think, when you just allow it to flow because, I don't know, I've, I've been a guest on podcasts before and they always have structured questions, which are, that's fine. But to me, you get more out of it when you just see where the universe wants to take the conversation. And that's a perfect example of a more masculine way and the more feminine way. Yes, see? <laughs> Amen to that. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Please, you're welcome to come back anytime. Oh, have another fabulous, interesting conversation. And all of you definitely go and check out the Facebook group and check out her website. And again, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome, Melissa. It was my pleasure. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share the podcast with those you think might also enjoy it. Also, if you want to follow me on social media, I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaopen.com. There you'll see all the services I offer. And if you don't know what you want, you can always book a free discovery call with me and we can jump on a call and see how I might best serve you. As always, I hope that you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.